Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today's guest takes me way back when to my college days, where I first met him in Kansas City, Missouri, while serving on the student leadership team for the Agriculture Future of America. And things have come very full circle for both of us, and I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Now, growing up as a closeted gay kid in the Midwest, our guest today, Derek, sought to find relevance through achievement. And it worked. He rose through youth leadership organizations through his mid to late teens and eventually started a career in leadership development and training in the food and agriculture sector. Derek created his relevance through his relationship with his career. Ultimately, achievement didn't suffice as the antidote in finding self-love and self-trust. Throughout Derek's 20s, he's unpacked and explored the belief systems of his life through the lens of a gay kid growing up in rural America. Today, he continues that lifelong journey of supporting others by digging deep to live a life full of joy and abundance, be that in career, leadership journey, or overall life. That is my jam, and I can't wait to dive on in to this conversation. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, Kaya. How are you? I am so great and I am so, so excited for our conversation today. If it's okay with you, I just want to dive on in. Are you ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Now, What I love already in our little intro here, I love what you said about achievement not sufficing as the antidote in finding self-love and self-trust. And Lord have mercy, I resonate with this so dang deeply as a achiever myself in so many different areas. And so looking back, where do you think that that desire or drive for achievement really began for you? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I could say so many things, right? Like there's so many different places I could go with that. The, what I really like to say, you know, it's twofold. Um, when I was super young, about four months old, um, my older brother, who was about two at the time, was killed in a pretty tragic accident on the farm. And so I grew up with, you know, family and parents that were mourning and grieving. Um, and there's a lot of that that may, means I want and need attention. Um, so I had to find ways to try and get that attention. Um, as I continued to grow up and learn more about myself and recognize that I was gay, I continued to try and look for ways to validate myself for me to find out more about myself. And I really did that by, you know, showing people what my self-worth was. And I just, you know, tacked it right on to like, if I can do this and I can do this and I can achieve that and I can do this thing and I can get that plaque and I can have this jacket and I can do this thing, that means that I am worthy. Um, so it was a lot of trying to get attention and find myself in situations where I just tried to find myself worth through the things that I did, um, rather than, you know, who I was being. Yeah, man. Isn't it true that so much of the stuff that we unpack in adulthood is like always so closely tied back to something in our youth and in our childhood that we're still dealing with and navigating and unbeknownst to us has, has its roots there. I think it's so fascinating to make those connections. So 
you know, through your life, you've had a lot of achievements, I think, by anyone's standards. And what you've discovered is that achievement hasn't necessarily been that answer for you for more self-love and self-trust. So as you've navigated life and your personal development, your professional development, how have you been working towards finding that self-love and self-trust separate from achievement? Yeah, um, it's a continuing journey. Like, let's let's start there. Uh, it's not something that I sit <laughs> yes. here and think I'm going to abolish and you know wake up every single day and love myself forever. Um, I I strive for that, and that's the kind of energy that I'm putting out into the world. And it takes a lot of practice. It's like learning to ride a bike some days. Uh, so I, you know, one of the things that I've really done is stopped in my tracks to allow myself to get more introspective about my life and about mm-hmm. the things that annoy me, the things that bother me, the things that make me frustrated, and to kind of look inward at myself and ask a lot of questions about like, where's that coming from? What's that mean? And, you know, how do I better take time for myself to really understand who I am and, and really understand my belief systems. And I think, you know, you mentioned a little bit in the introduction about my belief systems. Um, I think that's been a huge eye-opening experience for me especially as a kid growing up in rural America, you know, where we say hard work equals success. Uh, There's just been a lot of things for me to look at where I go, is that really a thing? Or is this something that I've created and that I've heard so many times that I don't blink an eye to it? And I have a really big opportunity for me to make a, a shift in how I relate to different things to, you know, be a better version of myself and really dig deep and recognize that everything about myself is super lovable. Um, Mm. It's hard some days, but uh, it it takes a lot of work. So lots of practices, uh, lots of uh, gratitude, lots of journaling, but those are all just little practices, right? I think the biggest thing that I've done was invest in my own coach and kind of uncover my blind spots. So I could kind of see the things that I'm not seeing for myself. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. You know, one of the things that I think is so powerful in, in hearing you share that is this perspective shift in these things that annoy me and frustrate me is not an opportunity to be mad at the world around me for why I'm annoyed and frustrated, but they are a signal to me of what's going on inside of myself. And I think that perspective shift is just such a game changer when you are on a personal development journey. I feel like it's it's taking this new look at the world and being like, I'm not a victim of this. I'm not a victim even of my emotions, but everything here is an opportunity for me to learn and to be compassionately curious about why am I feeling frustrated? Why am I feeling jealous? Why am I feeling angry? And how can I explore more of this compassionately within myself versus seeing it as a problem I need to solve outside of myself? And I think that that is just such a beautiful and hard shift to make, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely hard. Um, and again, like everything, it's continued work. Um, I was uh, recently at home with my family in Minnesota and you know, shout out to them if they ever listen to this and the things I've never said to them. But uh, I, you know, I, I struggle with the fact sometimes that I feel like my mom and my brother just never will tell me what it is that they want. And this time when I was home, I took a second to go, I'm really indecisive. I'm a really indecisive person and I don't like making decisions. And I probably could be better at communicating for myself and what it is that I need. And mm-hmm. it really kind of shows me that like, that frustration I have with other people around, like, just tell me what it is that you need. I could probably do a lot better at communicating what it is that Mm -hmm. I need and being confident Mm -hmm. and asking for it 
rather than feeling like I'm a burden to people. Um, mm. And approaching that with grace, like that's who I am. I'm a graceful person. And like, if I'm going to extend that to others, why don't I extend it to myself when mm. I'm having yes. a challenging time with that? And what I think is so fascinating too about you saying this is that the things we get so frustrated about in other people is usually mirroring something about ourselves that frustrates us. Gosh, isn't that the truth? And family <laughs> is is something to really pull it out of us too. I notice that when I find myself being frustrated, I'm like, I'm frustrated with them because that's a part of me that I haven't come to fully accept yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to take us back a little bit. You know, you were talking about your family in Minnesota and you talked about how you you grew up in rural America as a gay kid. And I'd love to hear your experience. Was this something that you knew about yourself early on? Was it something that you embraced early on about yourself? Is it something that your community was receptive to? I'd love for you to share that story if you're open to it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking that, Kaya. You know, I, I talk about this a lot. I like to say that, right? I'm like, I talk about this a lot, but I don't talk about it in the circles where I don't think that I should talk about it. So it's one of those mm-hmm. continually growing things for me. So, you know, opening and sharing the story today is is something that I'm really appreciative that you're giving me the opportunity for. I think I recognized, you know, that I was gay probably in like fourth or fifth grade, maybe sixth grade, something like that. Um, and there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to, you know, within rural America, find the community for me to go to express myself and talk about it. It was, you know, in dark corners of the internet. And I don't mean that in like, the most creepy ways, but like the yeah. ways for me to like try and find someone to talk to about it when the internet was coming out. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, really I had a lot of those conversations with myself in my head and that's where a lot of that probably, you know, kind of self hate started to develop because I was like, why am I like this? Like, this isn't like everyone else. Um, so it was a big journey in middle school and in high school. And I remember very specifically, one day at track practice, like running around the track and like everyone is like really excited to be a senior and like um, enjoy high school and like soak it up until like until it's over with, because this is some of your, your most prime years. And I was in 10th grade and I remember thinking to myself, when can I go to college so it can be a different life? Like, I just want mm-hmm. something different. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not that it was accepted or not accepted within the community there. It's that I just pushed it down um, mm, and yeah. it took a hot like a uh, couple of months for me to get into college and start you know coming out to everyone in kind of my class and the people that I had met in, in my classmates just as people that I was close to but in rural America the the outlet just wasn't there and the longer I had that conversation with myself in my head the less I loved myself the more I bought into the conversations I had with myself put it that way it was not uh it was not the most friendly conversation at times and that didn't even go into the the pieces of bullying and the the trauma that I've had to work through in, in uh, therapy for a while, but it's it's really kind of shown a light on what self love really looks like today. Mm, yeah, I love that. And what I'm hearing is for you, the point at which you kind of gave yourself permission to embrace this part of yourself was at this transition point in your life when you are going to a new place, immersing yourself into a new space with new people. Was that kind of like this opportunity for you to? almost like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say reinvent, but like to become a different version of yourself that accepted this part of you. Absolutely. Um, except I don't think I accepted that part of it yet. It was one of yeah. these things where I could speak about it and I could like do the things. And then there were commas and buts after it. Like, mm. you know, I am gay, but like in agriculture and I can do the things that I want to, and it doesn't have to define me. 
And like, yeah, I still believe that today, but it wasn't necessarily coming from the place of like acceptance and love. It was mm. coming from the place of like, yeah, but like I can still be this whole other person that like you still want me to be. And like, that's where I'm still at today. I mean, not I've moved way beyond that, but in the micro ways today still, it's like, hmm, what should I say to my boss? What should I say to this individual over here um, to ensure that they accept me and that they like me? Because that's what I had been doing for so many years. So yeah, it was about getting into the spaces that allowed for me to be a better version of myself. And that's, you know, repeated itself time and time again um, over the course of the next kind of, I'm thinking 18, so 14 to 15 years of my life. Yeah. You know, I, one of my very best friends in the whole entire world, he's gay and he similarly embraced it and started talking about it openly once he went to college. It was kind of like, he kind of rebranded himself in that space. And I think I can, I can imagine, you know, rural America, being gay in rural America for one can be challenging and being gay in rural America and in the agriculture industry, which is a fairly traditional and conservative industry is I can imagine like a whole nother set of challenges. What has that been like for you to navigate in your professional career? Have you seen yourself hide parts of you in different places because you're trying to fit this mold of what you think is accepted or how, how has that journey looked and still look for you now? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the defining piece of my career without me ever saying it out loud. It's the reason I left my first job because, you know, I went to the job, but I just didn't say anything because like, you know, that's my personal life. I don't need to talk about it. Mm. Work-life boundaries, all this stuff. And as a gay kid, like I also went through my first breakup at the age of like 24 and Mm -hmm. like had a broken heart and didn't know how to deal with that, but then wouldn't talk about it at work with anyone. And they were part of my support structure because I didn't want to be known as the gay person. And so I left jobs because of it without actually understanding that. And that was kind of what brought me to DC because I said to myself, it's time to explore something new. Um, It's time to create what I want to create. And I fell into a few organizations that maybe weren't the right, you know, the right fit for various reasons, whether that be because I was gay, whether it be some other things. But what actually happened to me in that entire process was my career kind of took a backseat, even though I was an achiever, right? But what I get to reflect on today is that like, it was the first time for me that I said, this isn't going to, this career isn't going to define me, but being gay is actually going to define me. And what I'd been running away from for so long was like allowing that to define me because I didn't, I didn't want it, but it's a huge piece of me. And it's like, I got to run into it. And now I get to be in this place where I'm like, wait, both can be important. (laughs) Both can be exciting, like my sexuality and who I am and my career and like they can live in in unison it's not that they weren't but like it was like this one or the other choice i've been living oh yes you know one of the things you said was you know you left that first job because you felt like you had your personal life and you had your work life and there was this work life balance i'm curious you know especially now with what you're doing with leadership coaching and going through all of this journey yourself in your opinion is there a way for us to bring all parts of ourselves to where we exist in work, in our career, and in leadership, so that we can show up as our whole selves instead of being like, well, this is my personal me and this is my work me. Like, do you think that leadership actually should exist with all parts being embraced? Absolutely. I mean, please tell me the leader that you know of that like walks in and is like, hello, 
here's today's leader checklist. I am going to do A, B, and C, and now I am a leader and my organization is successful. Like, sure, that's great, but like, did are you just going to go teach yourself empathy? Um, are you yeah. going to like, you know, how do you bring yourself? Because that's what people want to see. And when we allow ourselves to like be who we are and really show up in a way that allows for us to connect with people on a humanistic level, the world is kind of at our fingertips and there's really no limits because we have this capacity to create things that are wildly audacious goals and mm. super exciting things. If I were to walk in and understand that eight people on my team had different fears and that's what was driving them to make the decisions. And like, I was just actually empathetic about like what those fears were. And like, we could talk about it openly. Like imagine what that would create, like mm, for them to be yeah. able to go about it in a different way. Yeah. Imagine if every workspace allowed individuals to show up as their whole selves, how much different this world would be. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. I love that you said the audacious goals because I don't know if you can see it, but behind me up on my board, I already picked my word for 2023 which is audacious. Like that is just the word that keeps coming up for me. So I am here for it. I'm here for it. And you know, I love that you pose that question. Tell me a leader who shows up without all parts of themselves. The first person that came to mind for me, because I just love her so much is Brene Brown. And when I think about the reason why I love Brene Brown is, you know, of course I love her research and what she teaches and what she shares. But what I love is that she shows up as her messy human self. And that's what makes her leadership to me feel so dang impactful. Totally. Yeah. And I think one of the things like about Brene that is just so cool is that like, if you make a mess, you clean it up. Like you're, you just kind of sit there. She shows up as like her messy self. And I think that's, that's a lot of what I just, you know, wish I had more leaders in my life and bosses and, um, you know, people that I've worked with and not to say that some bosses haven't been amazing. But that these people in my life that just kind of showed up and are like, you know what, let's do it. However it works out is going to be fine. And we're going to figure it out. And we're going to clean up the mess if we have to. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, what Brene teaches in a lot of the, the things that she does. Her book, I think it's The Gift of Imperfection, was one of the first ones so that good. I read of hers that just like opened my eyes to yes. being like, let it go. Who cares? And again, is it all that easy? Not every day. But, you know, we have this huge opportunity to to bring ourselves to be who we want to be because that's going to unlock it for everyone else. Yeah. You know, I know that neither of us are parents, but this got me thinking too about how what I've heard people share about parenting and how what a lot of parents, and I think this is this is relevant to whether you are a leader as a parent or you're a leader of an organization, is I think a lot of us have this expectation of ourselves like, I'm the boss here. I'm guiding these 
people or these children. And I need to like be on point. I need to have my stuff together and I need to be perfect. I need to get it right. And how, you know, hearing later that kids that grew up with parents who portrayed this perfection attitude, those kids actually struggle severely with perfectionism because they don't think that making mistakes is allowed. And I think it's the same way for leaders in an organization. If they come off with this air that like perfection is the only thing that's tolerated here and we don't make mistakes, they don't leave room for their employees and the people below them to learn and grow through that. And what they're modeling is actually, I think, more of a disservice to the organization than it is helping by expecting perfect polishedness all the time. Right. Who Who's perfect and polished all the time? Like it's, it's just one of those things where like, uh, you know, we talk about work-life balance or like boundaries. I'm just kind of like, sure, whatever. Like if you want that <laughs> to be a thing, go for it. In my book, it's not because and it's not me saying work 60 hours a week. It's your life is going to happen and that's going to show up into work and work is going to happen and it's going to show up into life. And it's how we allow that space to be created for each other and like welcome each other in it to be humans and humanize all that experience that is going to create a life for us. that's a lot more fulfilling. You know, I really just think a lot about like what the kind of depth of leadership is. And like, at the end of the day, it's like, I want somebody who like I can look at and like see myself in and I don't see myself in someone that is doing some everything perfectly correct. And as long as they're sitting here trying to navigate and create something extremely specific, the chances are that's not what's going to happen. Let's, let's co-create together and find out what it is that's magical and, you know, cool on the other side. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. So, you know, having gone through so much of this growth yourself and experiences through different jobs and different leadership positions, I'm curious, you know, if there's someone listening or, someone that's in an organization that knows someone that they may think is personally struggling in this way, how do individuals learn to navigate spaces or places or people who maybe aren't receptive and open to them showing up as their authentic self? What do they do in that situation? Yeah, I think there's, there's a, I see this as like a two sided, not two sided thing, but like two, two different ways this could be going is the first question I would just ask is like, is that reality or is that the story you've created in your head because your fears are so big about who you are and you're, you're not loving yourself so enough that you have created the story that you're not going to be accepted for who you are. And then you go tell the world about it. I've done it, right? I know for a fact that there have been spaces I've been in where I prejudged the people and assumed that they wouldn't accept me for being gay or wearing my earrings or um, dressing a specific way. So I think first of it is just really digging in on that. The other side of it is like, you've got to be who you've got to be because your life is not worth diminishing who you are to fit into the context of a job that needs you to be a specific thing. And as long as we're doing that, we're not doing any service to ourselves and we're not going to be the best employer, the best leader, or the best insert anything, mother, child, sibling, um, friends, boyfriends, whatever you want to do, it's going to affect all parts of our lives if we're pushing those pieces of us down and, um, you know, quit. (laughs) I mean, work hard and ensure that you're having the conversations and give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't, I would never rush anyone to say, go quit a job. Um, Mm -hmm. but also know when your worth is your worth and your value of who you are as a human is not being 
uh, recognized and be willing to have the hard conversations with people because if you expect them to humanize you, you need to humanize them um, yeah. because we are all on this journey together. Um, and without having the conversation, you can never expect something to change. Yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like if we aren't willing to have the conversations and we continue to just be silent and be another piece of the cog, what we're doing is perpetuating this culture that doesn't leave room for authenticity because we're participating in the system. And what an incredible act of, I don't know if like courage and bravery is the word, but like to be willing to be the one to first accept yourself and in doing so, give yourself the space and permission to allow yourself to be wholly seen. And I, and I love, love, love that the first thing you said was ask yourself what story it is you're telling yourself, because we are so good about filling in the blanks of what we think other people are going to say or think or believe and we're looking through our own lens and there is so many things that could be morphed there. And I think what I, what I keep hearing in our conversation is this journey is a lot of self-work first. A lot of times we think that the, the people around us or the place that we're at is the problem when really maybe the first thing is just learning how to accept yourself before assuming that the reason you aren't accepted is because nobody else accepts you when really it could just be you not accepting totally. you. And I think, you know, one of the things that you're kind of pointing out here, like, I'll, I'll be even more transparent about it. Like, it was like, when we were working together at Agriculture Future of America, I eventually left the job because I was like, I can't be gay here. Some of those people were the most loving people that are still my friends today. Yes. Um, the yes. people I worked with as, as coworkers and employees and supervisors and the students that I worked with. Now, there may be some or plenty or whatever the number is that you want to say that would not have accepted who I am as a gay person. That's not for me to figure out. Um, sure. But what I'll say is I ran away and didn't say a damn thing. <laughs> mm, I didn't. Yeah. What change could I have created if I stepped up and I said, hey, this is who I am. I'm gay. And these are the things that impact who I am as a human. And yeah. I know you all love me and I love you all. And this doesn't have to work. And how could it work? Um, yes. Because I think that would have been more change for an organization than for me to walk away and be like, ha they will figure it out. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. So fascinating. And I also think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, what you said you really value is in a leader is someone you can see yourself in. And what I know in my experience growing up in agriculture from a young age, a lot of my very best friends, even within agriculture are gay men. And like the leadership role that you have by allowing them to see themselves in you in that role or whatever role that looks like. I think sometimes, at least this is for me, sometimes when I am worried about having the hard conversation or saying the thing that I'm afraid other people will judge me for, it helps me to realize that sometimes doing the hard thing for myself is actually giving other people permission to do the hard things themselves or giving other people an opportunity to be seen in my struggle. And that helps me find the courage to do the work on myself. I don't know if you you relate to that at all. You know, I I relate to it. I haven't like heard it said like that in a while. And I'm just like, what a shift in relation to doing the hard thing or saying the hard thing. It's an opportunity for us to look at it differently. It's almost like saying, you know, I am afraid to make a decision on X, Y, and Z. And so instead of like, pining over it. I'm just going to give myself permission to say, I'm going to make this hard decision. And however it turns out, 
I learned something. Yes. Like we, if we shift our context to relate to things in different ways, the world is, is kind of our oyster. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of a lot of what you're saying here with like my experience of being gay and the opportunities I have to speak up for myself. Like how do I create that better space for the people that are coming after me? Because yeah. that's really why I'm in this work, this work in mm-hmm. leadership and coaching um, and in human development. I want people to enjoy their lives. I want people to be happy. I want people to be fulfilled. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. You know, in line with that, looking ahead, especially in this work that you're you're doing, and and tell me, Derek, in this work that you're doing in leadership, are you when you think about like your audience, your ideal client that you want to work with, is it people that are similar to you that are navigating careers as a gay person, or is it more broad than that? Or what does that look like for you? You know, I, I think that deep down, I absolutely want to and uh, am like excited to, to work with uh, gay people like mm-hmm. that have been through some of the experiences that I've been through. And, and it's not simply because I'm like, hey, I have been through that experience and I can give you the answer. Um, shocking as, you know, a coach, you recognize we don't give anyone the answer. <laughs> we help them find it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think that there's a lot of relatability there. And I just wish I had someone to like help support me through that in this mm. way yes. when I was, you know, younger um, yes. or, or wherever I'm at in my journey. Right. But, you know, the other piece to that is I also recognize that that experience of being gay is like, I guess, a way to look at it is like it's magnified. It's something that people can like not identify with, but like people are like, yes. I can understand that coming out would be hard and that there could be challenges within it. Well, those things exist across the spectrum in ways that a lot of people don't relate to. And I think what I hope people see and what I do and the leadership journey that I'm going to continue to be on and I want to take others along with me on is that your fear and and the thing that you're scared of and the thing that you're up against is, first of all, a thing that you put in your own way. And second of all, it's valid. It's super valid and you can ask it to go move away so that you can live the life that you have rather than continuing to have that thing just be there for you and with you as this kind of survival mechanism. You have an opportunity to just completely throw that out the window. Yeah. One of the things you said as you were talking about the work that you do and why it makes you excited to work with other gay people is because it was something you wish you would have had when you were there in in that point of your journey. And oh my gosh, I'm like, yes, that is how I feel so much in the work that I do too now. I feel like everything I'm creating, whether I'm aware of it or not, is a resource that I wish my younger self had. Yes. You know? Like I am telling women the things that I wish I would have known. Like where we're at, I think what's so cool about coaching and leadership is it's not about achievement getting to the top of the mountain, which I think you and I maybe thought of when we were younger, but instead I think it's about climbing the mountain, going through the hardship and the growth of doing that, but also reaching your hand down and helping the person behind you get a little bit further too, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at you saying, screw you scarcity mindset and saying like, hello, abundance. Um, yes. Super here for that, Kaya. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's the truth, right? We can sit here and, you know, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain for a second. And like the fact that you and I had a conversation clearly before we had this uh, mm-hmm. podcast and like, that was part of it for me that it like dawned on me that it's like, 
I can sit here and be like, hmm, I want to work with leaders and like leaders and then like go through this mathematical formula in my head about how I'm going to like attract clients and work with people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or I could just tell my story and like share with people what it is that I've, I've experienced and that I, you know, have a lot of skills and experience to be able to offer to support people in that journey as well. Whether it's around leadership, their career, their life, that's really where the sweet spot is. And so I just think that there's this cool opportunity for us to be transparent and like really talk about the experiences that we've been through, because I'm sorry, you're special, but you're not everyone. Someone else has been through it as well. And like, I love each individual human for who they are and what they have to bring. And we're only as unique as the experience we're allowing ourselves to have. So dive in and like see who else you can like link arms with and like climb that mountain together. Um, And as you're climbing the mountain, don't forget to like look at each rock along the way and like step over that. Then like trying to like look at that mountain and go like, how do I climb it, get to the top and get to the other side? Um, It's one day at a time. It's one step at a time. This is a journey. Totally. Gosh, I love that. Do you have a side hustle or business that you're ready to take to the next level? In my opinion, one of the most valuable assets as a business of any size, whether you're just starting out or have been hammering on for years, is a website. Whether it's a simple landing page with just the basics or a full-fledged site with a blog and store, having a place where people can search and discover you online makes your business immediately look more credible. If it's the fear of having to fork over thousands of dollars to a professional to build one for you that's holding you back, I have a little secret for you. You can build your own website today without any knowledge of coding or fancy schmancy tech skills using Squarespace. Trust me, if I can do it, so can you. Not only did I build my own Coach Kaya website, but I also built my family's Twistleman Ranch website, the Backroad Cowgirls Digital Series website, and countless more using Squarespace's simple, easy-to-use templates that made it a breeze to get a website launched and ready to welcome new customers. Time to take that business of yours to new levels. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Squarespace today. So keeping in mind this audience that you are really, it seems like you're just like really excited to work with and connect with, which is the the gay community. I'm curious, you know, having your experience growing up in rural America in in the agriculture industry, coming out and, and what that looked like for you, you know, looking ahead, how are you feeling about this? I guess I'd say the next generation of LGBTQ plus individuals that are stepping into careers and leadership roles. Do you think with this next generation that anything is going to be different for them than it maybe was for you because of how our society is changing? Do you think it's going to be a lot the same? Or I guess, what are your thoughts about that or what guidance you wish you could offer someone going through that? I mean... Where do we start, right? Like, I think, first of all, like, I genuinely believe in so many ways, while we're in this really weird place in our country and with the political discourse, I believe we're leaving a lot of people that are growing up in some better places than we had when we grew up. I think it's hard for us to see at times, and I'm not going to discount challenges. I just wish I had what these Gen Zers had, Mm -hmm. like... They don't even relate to being gay in the same way. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm gay. Okay, whatever. Like, move on with life. And so, you know, I think that the advice I would give them is 
as these individuals who are actually probably closer to our age that are stepping into leadership roles to not really forget about the journey that you went on because it's better today and that like things seem, you know, a little peachy today. That's not where everyone's at. And like everyone has their own unique story and mm -hmm. everyone has their own unique background. And like just showing up as a an authentic person and being really a person that's living in your essence of who you truly are is really what's going to be the leadership that is going to bring your followers, if you want to say, your I like to call them more like co-creators, um, your co-creators along with you. It's not about the achievements that you're going to have as the team or the organization. That's all going to be a byproduct of like, really just showing up and and creating safe spaces that people can be themselves because one fear is just another fear looking a different way. So mm -hmm. I, I just, as I think of like future generations, I just like, my head is like all sorts of like excitement and like opportunity. Um, yeah. And I, I see, I see so much for, for the future. Yeah. Gosh. You know, I was listening to this podcast the other day. I don't know if you've ever listened to We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle and her sister and Abby. Have you listened to that podcast before? I haven't. I've heard of it. I haven't ever listened though. It's a great podcast. They had a podcast the other day with the Indigo Sisters, which I'll admit I didn't know who they were, but they are singers. Um, maybe I know some of their songs and I just don't know it. But what they were talking about was how what they see this next generation having that maybe they didn't have. And they're older, older, like grew up in the 70s, is language. Like having the language to talk about you know, your sexuality or how you identify or just what you're going through. And I think that that's something that this generation has more of is just language about how to talk about it and resources and examples of how to navigate that. Not that it makes it any easier necessarily, but I think it, just having those resources is maybe a little bit more empowering than generations before. Totally. And I, I think like even, I think that's a, such a good example. And like the the layer that I would even add to it is it's almost like this career that you and I have both chosen, like, cool, we're going to coach people, right? Yeah. Um, I just am like, A, if you would have said to me on a coach five years ago, I would have absolutely laughed. And like, it's taken me until recently to come to terms with the word life coach. Um, right. <laughs> and so like, I see that that dichotomy shifting in kind of where we're at as a society to really see that like, there are people out there that want to support and help each other and that the language of accepting that we are whole humans as who we are each and every day can create a better society. I'm going to like pull out a, a kind of a crazy one here, but I feel like Marianne Williamson was a little bit too soon for the United States. You know, I at the time kind of giggled at her when she was running for president, but like there's a piece of it that's like if we present with kindness and we come with kindness, like that's what we're going to get back. And if we can like create that for everyone, I mean, the opportunities, they're never going to stop. So true. Gosh, so true. You know, when I, if someone's listening to this and they've gotten this far into the episode, I'm going to assume that they are open-minded and excited to continue and grow. But if they aren't as open-minded, maybe, or maybe they know people in their lives that struggle with being open-minded to people that are different than them, which let's be honest, everyone is different than everyone, but it's very easy for us to get caught up in our own echo chambers and in our community with like-minded people. I mean, it makes sense. Of course, we naturally want to surround ourselves with people who 
think the same as us, like the same things as us. Like this is just human nature, how we're wired. However, when we are in leadership roles or just exist in society, we will undoubtedly be exposed to people that have different faith belief systems than we do, different political opinions that identify differently, use different language, dress differently, all of these things. And it's, you know, no one would argue with me that there are a lot of people who are more open-minded than others about all of those things. My question is, how can we learn to create more space and acceptance and compassion for people that are different from us? And I think too, like leaving space for compassionate curiosity, if you struggle accepting people or being open-minded to people that are different than you, how do we, how do we even navigate that within ourselves to be more kind and loving if we feel resistance that maybe was that we were conditioned to feel? Well, when you get that answer, you should absolutely write a book um, and, <laughs> and make, make millions. Um, right? Oh, maybe one day. You know, I'll, I'll give you kind of my thoughts on it. And it, it starts with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. Isn't that always the answer? It, it is. It is often, <laughs> right? Like if you can't turn around and look at yourself and ask yourself some really deep questions about yourself, your relationship with others is always going to be something that, that you struggle with. So when I, you know, went into my coach's training program, yes, there's facility around learning how to coach people, right? The big thing though was like, how do you deal with your, your crap? Like, how do you start mm-hmm. to learn about mm-hmm. yourself so that you can like really be with what is and be with people where they're at without any attachment to it? And that's yeah. like no attachment, meaning like not judgment, no, like, I want you to achieve this. No, like I'm bought into your story, nothing. Just literally like being alongside them, getting super curious and like, under, like not even understanding, but like just digging into what it is that that individual, how they see the world and being curious because the reality is our job is to continue to like help people be more curious about themselves because when they're more curious about themselves, They're more curious about others, which is the space where acceptance comes in. Like if I don't agree with you or I have some judgment toward you, let's like really dig into that to understand where Mm. that is and what that's all about. So again, as as I said at the beginning, it really starts with you um, and you have to be committed to it. It can't just be a like, I'm going to start meditating and that will change. It's like, no, like what's that actually mean? and are you prepared to like make this shift in your life? Because once you make the shift, there's going to be some that some people that we're in that are going to be out and some that we're out that are going to be in. And those changes are hard for people. Um, so you have to be really committed to what that looks like. Mm, I love that. I love the focus on curiosity. I think so many beautiful things can happen from that place. And I love that you said that that's the foundation of acceptance. Gosh, I I feel that you know, I was just thinking of like an example in my head, you know, if someone, let's say someone grew up in a very maybe religious, traditional home and community where they're like, yeah, I'll be honest. I am uncomfortable around gay people. This can be an opportunity to be like, Hmm, I'm curious why. Okay. Well, maybe I feel that way because I wasn't exposed to them until after high school, or I had no examples of that in my life, or I was taught to believe that that's a very bad thing. That's not tolerant. And I think having that curiosity first about our own thoughts, beliefs, 
and judgments is a beautiful place to begin. And what I have found in this personal growth journey is so much like what you said. It is a process of peeling back layers of our belief systems and really questioning, is this true or have I just thought it for so long that it feels true? And that's a scary thing to ask yourself because right, it's like, is my whole life a lie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know, I don't know, Kai, if you've had this experience at all. One of the things that I've like really been challenged with is the deeper that I have gotten into this work, I've like actually had to like take a step back and ask myself, what do I like? Like, yes, who am I? And like, you know, I have a wonderful, loving boyfriend, and that he is going to stick around whether whether he likes it or not. Um, (laughs) So it's not like I'm just like kicking people out of my life. Yet, as I dig into this, I've defined myself around so many things that don't matter and are kind of Mm -hmm. crap. And so how I relate to things just means, it means shifts in my life and it means a different type of a life. And I just have to ask myself, did I even like going out and drinking at the bar until two o'clock? Or Mm -hmm. is that just something I did to fulfill a void that I didn't even know was there? Yes. Oh, I think that the the truth is, is what I'm, what I'm realizing is that this journey of life is like, we wish there was a destination. I mean, I guess we don't, the destination is death. That's the destination. (laughs) So let's hope that it's a very long journey, but I feel like it's this ever, this never ending journey of becoming becoming more of you. And I think deciding, like, I never want to decide, and maybe this sounds weird, but it's like, I don't ever want to decide one day that I know myself wholly and completely because I just feel like, I think I have so much more to learn about myself. You know, something that gives me some peace though, about this, about like, oh my God, do I even like this? Who am I? I'm a lot like, what is, what is life? Like, I really resonate with that. I feel like I'm like rebirthing myself, which sounds as messy as it seems, but I heard someone say once that our cells, every cell in our body regenerates every seven years. Like our skin cells regenerate themselves. And eventually after seven years, you are literally a different person. The cells that make you up are a different person. You have been regenerated every seven years. And for some reason, that scientific fact gives me so much peace. It's like, of course I've changed. I am literally a different human that has regenerated. And I think having that endless compassionate curiosity for ourselves as we grow. And once we learn how to do that for for ourselves, extending that compassionate curiosity to other people is such a gift. And also like, damn it, you never actually figure out the answers. Is that what the truth of life is? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, it feels like it sometimes. And I think I think you make a super, the the becoming thing is like, I've like been like trying to focus on what you said, but the becoming thing is like still sitting here because I think that's the the basis and the start of it all, Kaya, is like, if I walk into a conversation with you and you go, I am a perfectionist. Okay, we're done. If you're defining who you are already. Yeah. But like, who is it that you're trying to become? Yeah. Because becoming is where we're going. And Mm -hmm. so I just, that's so beautiful to like hear it like that, because I think that that is where we get to create the life that we want. Like why have a roadmap for it? Because if we have a roadmap, guess what? We know where the, we know that the end is death. And in between, Mm -hmm. we're just going to make these stops because we're supposed to. 
sounds super fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, this might be a side tangent and I am, um, I'm totally just, this is just like coming up to me. So I'm talking, I'm talking this out in real time, but one of the things that I've been exploring lately in my own life is, you know, I'm, I'm very much committed to personal development and, and growth. And I know that you are too. And I know a lot of my listeners are as well. That's why they're here. That's why they're, that's why they tune in. And I feel like when I started my personal development journey, like intentionally began it, it was with this desire to see, okay, there is this part of me that I have struggled to accept and love. And um, I need to learn to accept and love that and also grow into and change into this better version of me. But where I'm at right now is playing around with this idea of recognizing the areas in my life or the things about me that I have shame about that have actually never changed and practicing being open-minded to believing that they're actually not a problem. So I'll give you an example. And maybe an example of this too is like your sexuality, right? Like I think there's a lot of people who are conditioned when they first realize they're gay and I'm I'm not gay so you can, you know, tell me if I'm totally off base here, but who when they learn this about themselves, they feel a lot of shame about it. And there's this freedom in recognizing like okay, I'm a, I'm gay and it's actually not a problem. This is probably a, a terrible example to compare to that. But the, <laughs> the 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 thing about me that I've been exploring this with lately is a pattern of behavior that I've had in my life forever, as long as I can imagine, and like really, really back in college, is I tend to be a procrastinator. I tend to do things at the last minute or close to when they're due or need to be completed. And I've always felt so much shame about that. Like that makes me a bad person. I'm not productive. I don't have my shit together. Like so much shame about that tendency. However, it has always served me well. I graduated with flying colors. I've always done well in my career. I do well in my position now. And so recently I'm like, hmm, I tend to wait until last minute to do things. And what if, what if that's actually not a problem? What if I can embrace this part of myself and release the layers and like heavy weight of shame that I've burdened myself with about it for so long? Yeah. I mean, who said that like you have to do your work in a balanced manner? Right. Allowing for ourselves to have that like mentality shift and that shift of like how we relate to getting our work done. That's where it's all at. That's the, that's all of this is like shifting the perspective, shifting the mindset. How do we better put ourselves in a position that's going to allow us to be successful in that way? Because it's, you know, I had somebody today, actually, one of my clients who shall not be named, uh, that basically talked about, you know, creating things through like mindset. And I said, you know, it's not about that. Like you just have the mindset. So you get it. That's not the mm -hmm. point. The point is that the mindset is where the capacity to regain your power comes into place so that who you're being is what is what drives you to do what you're doing and what you're doing allows you to have what you want um, mm. rather than like, Oh, I'm going to have a positive mindset. Therefore I get the job. Okay. Yeah. You still have to do the stuff, but right. you can do the stuff because of the mindset that you have. Right. Yeah. And that's what I hear a lot in what you're saying with that. Yeah. I mean, perspective is powerful. Perspective is so dang powerful. And I think, I think one of the things that I like to play around with, with my own life and also with people I talk to is like, what if that thing you're so worried about, about yourself, what if it actually wasn't a problem? Asking ourselves that question in itself, I think is such an, just an invitation 
for more acceptance and curiosity about ourselves and for other people. Like what if this was true and it actually wasn't a problem? Whoa. Totally. Like what, what freedom can be found there? And we can, we, maybe the answer is, nope, actually this really doesn't serve me and I'd like to change it. And that's great clarity too. But man, just if we had more space for curiosity for ourselves to begin with, I just think that the way we show up in our lives, the way we show up in our leadership, the way we show up in our careers and in our relationships, I think everything would be different. It would. I think it would be a, a much more accepting life that we have. Um, and I think, you know, you've talked a lot about like acceptance of others. And I just go back to the same thing. Like you got to accept yourself first. Like yes. if you can't do it, if you can't find that love, that trust, that self-trust in yourself, good luck. It's almost like when uh, you keep cycling in and out of like boyfriends or girlfriends or significant others. Or diets. That's, that was yeah. my story, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, is it the diet that works? Is it the getting the new boyfriend or girlfriend that works? Probably not. It's probably about finding that piece of you that you actually really love a lot. And mm -hmm. guess what? Everyone else already loves it. Yeah. Oh, so good. So true. Okay, Derek, one of the things that I ask every one of my guests is, you know, this, this podcast is called Climbing with Coach Kaya. And it's because I believe that, you know, we talked about it already. This life is a journey and there's always mountains we're climbing. And I say mountains because what I've learned is that life is not one mountain, but it's a series of mountain ranges. <laughs> and oh, I'm wait. curious right now in this season of your life, what is a current mountain that you are climbing? You know, it's, ugh, I feel like there's many. I'm like, yeah. on that, that like mountain that was like up down and then start a new one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and so there's, there's a number of them. I, I really think it's making this, uh, I've been doing the, the leadership piece of my career throughout my career. And it's about saying like, see a day job. It's time for me to really invest deeply in creating something that I know that I can do a wonderful job and I'm already doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just super excited to like take that step to completely work for myself completely be the innovator and the kind of leader within what it is that I do. And I really challenge myself and I struggle about the same things, not necessarily that you, but a lot of your listeners might be challenged with too. Like, you know, what if I run out of money, right? What if I end up homeless or something like mm -hmm. all of these things where the, where Brene Brown would say the gremlins are coming out, right? Yes, yes. Um, and learning to put them at bay. So Let's just say that when this podcast airs, I assume that I will be in the full-time uh, Derek uh, role and uh, really helping support more people um, to really you know, find that self-love and really be the best leaders in, in their careers and outside of their careers that they can be. Well, I am so excited for you and that journey. And I, I think I'm also maybe even more excited for the people that you're going to be able to serve as you step into this role. and. Man, just I think the thing that makes you such an incredible coach is all of this incredible self work that you've done. You know, like that's that's the beginning and the foundation of everything. And I am just so excited to see how you support other people that are learning to embrace their authenticity in leadership and show up as their whole selves in in those spaces and places. And so, congratulations! I can't wait to circle back around with you when this airs, and we'll see where you're at. We'll do a little touch base. But Derek, this has been such a delight to be able to connect with you in this way and for you to just so vulnerably and openly share your story and your heart and your wisdom. If people want to connect with you or learn more about you, where can they go to do that? 
Yeah, um, I they can find me on Instagram. It's a really easy way to find me is at DJ Mulhern. Um, or you can uh, connect with me at my email, which is Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at Derek Mulhern, D-E-R-E-K-M-U-L-H-E-R-N.com. And I am a quick response away. Perfect. I will make sure to link both of those down in the show notes. so You guys can easily grab them and connect with Derek. Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners as we wrap up today's episode? The only thing I just have to say is like, what a treat this is for us to kind of reconnect and be in this phase of our life. It's been so long since we've connected, but I've known you for so long now, Kaya, and I'm I'm grateful that your listeners are here and getting the value that they're getting from you because you've got so much to share and thank you for bringing me into that journey. Oh, so good. What a great, beautiful way to end this episode. Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And you know, I'm I'm so grateful to have you here and to be able to just be able to talk about the good stuff, the messy stuff and everything in between here in this way and to have you listener tune in for these these conversations. I just think it's such a joy to be able to grow alongside you because that is what we are all doing. We are all in the messy middle together and I appreciate you for tuning into another episode and Derek, thank you so much again for being here. Friends, I will see you right back here same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.